Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Producer Dennis here. How's it going? I know you're ready to get into this bonus content, but before we get into that, we'd like to remind you of what's coming on this week on The Ben Jarofsky Show. We have a fantastic lineup ready to take the deep dive. Tuesday, April 9th, our Chicago Reader colleague Maya Duke Masava and Mr. Bike David Glowatz will join us. Wednesday, SEIU Healthcare President Greg Kelly and grassroots organizer Amisha Patel. Thursday, it's the newly elected 47th Ward Alderman Matt Martin and our good friend Jake Lewis of the Chicago Federation of Labor. And rounding it out on Friday, it's sometimes editor Ramana Hussein with another Ramana rundown and legendary political strategist, the one, the only, Del Marie Cobb. We're live 1 until 3 p.m. Tuesdays through Fridays at both Chicago Reader and Chicago Sun-Times websites, chicagoreader.com, chicago.suntimes.com. The link to the Ben Jarofsky show is right at the top of the page. And if you can't catch it live, don't worry. You can download it by 4 p.m. at the same websites, chicagoreader.com, chicago.suntimes.com. All right, I think that's about it. Benny J, take it away. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. This is called Bonus Time. Yes, yes, indeed. As I speak, it's Friday, but when you hear this, it'll be Monday. Whoa. Or it could be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's you a know, trippy world out there it in it is podcast a land. World in podcast world. Anyway, uh, and uh, our guest in the studio is Scott Wagsback, uh, alderman of the 32nd Ward, uh, Mr. Independent in the Chicago City Council since 2007. He's been consistently the one alderman who has been unafraid to stand up to some of the boneheaded ideas uh, that our mayors have been known to come up with, including but not limited to uh, the parking uh, meter sale uh, in 2009, was it, Scott? 2009. 2008, yeah. December. Uh, let's give a shout out to Tony Perkwinkle. She too voted against it. Um, anyway, Scott Waggis back is my guest. Welcome back, Scott. Thanks for having me. And uh, so much to talk about uh, the city of Chicago in the age of Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Uh, the city council in the age of Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Scott Wagesback's role uh, in the age of uh, Lori Lightfoot. Uh, so we're going to talk about all that also. Lincoln Yards, the big, huge TIF deal that will be coming up for a vote uh, this week. Uh, Monday, I think a finance committee is supposed to have a vote on it. Uh, that is the $1.3 billion with a B, $1.3 billion with a B handout uh, that uh, Mayor Rahm has decided it's a good deal to give to Sterling Bay, a developer. And then there's also another TIF deal. Apparently, the uh, 78, the community that's not really a community yet, the area that's just south of Roosevelt Road uh, at roughly Clark Street uh, is about to get, uh, ooh, gosh, I think 700 to $800 million in TIF assistance. We don't even know what they have planned for that. 
So uh, that's plenty of stuff to talk about with Scott. But before we do, D, you got a little tape, a little recording from the Fran Spielman show uh, to play for yes, Scott. Yes, a tape because it's 1986. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have audio here, audio from uh, the Chicago Sun-Times, <laughs> and his beloved Bright One. Set tape. Yeah. Uh, Lori Lightfoot was on uh, the Fran Spielman show uh, on Friday Check morning. Out, Scott. And uh, yeah, shout out to Fran Spielman. Thank you for the audio here. And uh, yeah, she's asking. Asking uh, Lori about Alderman Ed Burke. Oh, look at that. Listen that intro. Whoa. Ed Burke is messing around. What's he up to? Is he trying to organize against you already? Well, I'm not surprised. Um, does that surprise you? Of course he is. That's what he does. But it's, it's not like it's a surprise. It's not like I'm unaware of it. And he's going to have bigger fish to fry. I have every confidence that the charges are going to be brought um, in an indictment against him before um, the new mayor, before I'm sworn in. So he needs to focus on his own personal circumstances and stop trying to meddle around. We're not going to resurrect um, the Verdoli Act 29 in the form of Ed Burke. That's not going to happen. But he's trying to do that, isn't well, he? Well, he can try all he wants. It's not going to happen. He's not going to be successful. He's matching you. <laughs> well, and any alderman who's going to try to align themselves with Ed Burke at this time we're going to make sure that that gets very public and exposed, and they're going to have to explain to the public why it is that they're aligning with them against the voters of this city. All right. <laughs> Mayor-elect Lori Lightfoot showing a little. She knows how to play the game, Scott Waggis back. All right, let's, uh, that was Lori. like hot. Uh, wow. Coming at strong, Holy man. She was a she was a point guard in uh, basketball. I think she might have been a boxer. All right, let's uh, break it down a little bit. Number one, let's start with this. Uh, Ed Burke, for everybody who's a rookie to Chicago politics, is the long-standing <laughs> finance committee chair, one of the most powerful uh, politicians in the city of Chicago. Also has a property tax business on the side. Funny, busy, busy guy, uh, and he's under federal indictment for trying to uh, force a Burger King uh, franchisee. Uh, into uh, hiring his property tax business, uh, property tax firm, too. Yeah, that's the allegation. Uh, he's been indicted. Uh, the voters of the 14th Ward, uh, despite the indictment, decided to reelect him anyway. Mm. Interesting decision by the voters of the 14th Ward. Anyway, so the last thing I would think any alderman in the city of Chicago who wants to be alderman for a while, Scott Wagusback, would be due is to hitch your wagon to Ed Burke as he's facing indictment. Is there an, uh, a movement by Burke? Is he strategizing behind the scenes to try to rally uh, a majority of aldermen to join his faction and oppose Lori Lightfoot? I had heard about that, and I was really surprised because what everybody should be doing is measuring their 10-foot pole. <laughs> um, I mean, Mayor-elect uh, Lightfoot is right. I mean, there's there's an indictment coming up before the swearing-in, and that's just in based on the charges from the FBI mm -hmm. against Ed Burke and... Um, you know, that might expand, too. We always thought that that was the tip of the iceberg. Um, and we have to watch out to see what the feds do. But if I were everybody, I would sit back and I would let Mayor-elect Lightfoot do what she needs to do to start riding the ship, turning it in the right direction with the mandate that she has. Mm -hmm. And look, anybody who who jumps in the way of what she has to offer right now, which is um, a 75 percent, 74 percent uh, mandate from the city, um, 
I, I, I would advise against it. Well, it, just think about this. Uh, Lori Lightfoot won the mayor's race on Tuesday with 74, 75% of the yeah. vote over Tony Preckwinkle, who was handicapped from the get-go because of her political allegiance with Ed Burke. She got crushed at the polls to a large degree because she had these affiliations with Ed Burke, the Democratic Party. I cannot believe, Scott, and correct me, because you know these people better than I do. I cannot believe there are aldermen in the city council dumb enough, dumb enough to go. I mean, just forget about the you know, good government, bad government issue. Just so politically stupid to tie their future to Ed Burke if they're in the light in the aftermath of what they just saw on Tuesday. Well, Ed still portrays himself as a pretty strong guy. Um, you know, he's got that 50 years of experience that people have emulated him. I think if you remember right after uh, the charges came out and they had that he had that fundraiser mm-hmm. and I think it was in the Sun Times where somebody wrote that uh, there was a judge that said uh, that phrase um, loyalty above integrity and <laughs> you know loyalty to him above integrity that says a lot about anybody that hitches their wagon to him it says a lot about how low they would go. And, and hurt themselves and their constituency by doing that. And that just, it just doesn't make sense. All right. So right now, uh, the chairman of the finance committee is uh, on a temporary basis, Patrick O'Connor, speaking of old allies of Ed Burke, who paid the price for it. Uh, he was defeated on Tuesday in a runoff to Andre Vas- by Andre Vasquez. So yeah. he is no longer the alderman. Uh, do you think Ed Burke is going to try to uh, position himself to be brought back as finance chair in the, when the council reorganizes itself in the coming weeks? Well, he would need 26 votes to get that. He would need, um, you know, we're going to see if Lori Lightfoot steps up and decides which direction she wants to go. If she wants to let the council organize itself, which I'm, I'm leaning, I was leaning toward that. Uh, I think more appropriately though, would be for her to be allowed to set those committees up to go in the direction that she wants for the future of this city. So we're talking about the audits and going after workers' comp, which was in Ed Burke's committee for 30 or 40 years, and nobody knew what the heck was going on there. So she has the mandate to basically um, push the agenda that she wants, and I I think it would be really hard for him to get the votes. But we also know that he, um, you know, when I don't know if you saw that article in Block Club uh, yesterday or Chicago, what is that? Uh, not the Chicago the, Daily uh, Line, Albany Park version of it, the oh, okay. Black Club Chicago, mm-hmm. and he called up uh, Ariel Arboris during his victory speech. Mm-hmm. You know, and, Vic, and Ariel comes out and says, "It's right there on the front page." Says, "Hey, you're my poppy." You know, and it's uh, you look at that and you go, "Guys, why are you still hitching your wagon to this guy? It's nothing but trouble." Mm-hmm. If if you don't know understand what federal charges are against somebody in an, a looming indictment, then you probably should step aside and stay out of the way, because it just shows you your lack of concern for the people of the city, the taxpayers. It shows you that your inability to comprehend what is probably the most important issue hitting us as we move into this next term. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the last time you were on the show, Scott, you had said that you had some interest in being chairman of the Finance Committee. And chairman of the Finance Committee, just so folks know, is a very, perhaps the most important committee chair in the Chicago City Council. Every single contract that the City Council approves is vetted by the Finance Committee, goes through Finance Committee for approval. Every single a TIF deal goes through the Finance Committee. Uh, it's vetted as well. And of course, uh, every budget 
that the mayor proposes goes through the finance committee. They're the ones who holds the hearings. So it's a very budget committee does budget yeah, committee. But holds. finance hears hears a lot of that too. Yeah, finance hears a lot of it as well. So um, do you still want that job? Yeah, I think um, you know the more I thought about it, the more I feel comfortable saying that I I could do the job. I sh- I would like to do the job. And I think there's a lot of aldermen who believe that I can, um, and I think Mayor Lightfoot probably does too. Um, when I look at the way we would attack this issue of, of reforming the finance committee, mm-hmm. not the finance department, but the finance committee, the finance department needs to be reformed too. And I think the big thing here is when we unveil what Rom has done over the last eight years, I feel sorry for all of us as taxpayers and as citizens of this city because there's going to be a lot of things coming out when we unveil uh, the audits from the uh, forensic audit from workers' comp that was run by Ed Burke for all these years, it's going to be pretty epic. And that's something that I want to run parallel to Mayor-elect Lightfoot and say, look, here's, here's things that we need to take a look at. Let's take all these IG audits that have been sitting on a shelf because Rom wanted them there for the last IG eight being years. Inspector General, go ahead. Uh, sorry, yeah, the Inspector General Ferguson, who's been doing a great job on all these audits and reviews of departments, where we could spend um, money in a better way, where we could save hundreds of millions of dollars. Those are things that the finance department should have been working on and hearing these audits over the years and holding the mayor's feet to the fire. I think we're going to get a mayor who wants to hold uh, everybody accountable, herself included, mm-hmm. the city council. And I would love to do that, where we open that committee up and say, is everybody here uh, accountable? Is everybody here a professional? And if they are, let's work with them. If they're not, then we've got to get the right people in there to do that. Well, traditionally, the mayor of the city of Chicago wants the exact opposite from the finance uh, committee uh, chair. And that's why they uh, both Rahm and uh, Richard M. Daly signed on with Burke. Traditionally, what they expect from the finance committee chair is someone to look the other way at uh, <laughs> any evidence they have of impropriety <laughs> and to sign on to whatever boneheaded idea yeah. they come up with. Uh, why would Lori Lightfoot be any different? Why would Lori Lightfoot in your humble opinion, welcome scrutiny, independent scrutiny from a person like yourself uh, who has that position of authority at the finance committee. Oh, I think she, I think what she is talking about in terms of her agenda, her past history as a U.S. attorney, she is ready to lay this all out and she's looking for allies in the city council who have to help her pass this agenda for, or move it forward over the next several years. Um, I think she's, I think she would look forward to have somebody like that in there. Um, what we saw in the past was, in my at least in my lifetime, the Dailies, the Roms, actually, well, yeah, Daily and Rom. Uh, about pretty much the same thing, yeah, anyways. Yeah, that they, you know, they had a detente with guys like Ed Burke and mm-hmm. others on these other committees, where it was, you keep your little fiefdom. Hey, Ed, you can keep doing all the stuff that's uh, in total conflict with taxpayers, where you're sitting there making money off the, say, the Trump Tower getting your property tax uh, reductions done all across the city along with Madigan. And we'll, I'll stay out of your guys, you know, ball field if you stay out of mine. Mm -hmm. And that worked for all these years until the feds came in and said, Hey, we got you red handed. Yeah. It Um, worked. Uh, They, they looked the other way at, uh, at Burke uh, with the conflict of interest representing, uh, you know, vendors, city vendors. He was representing uh, Sterling Bay. We'll get into the TIF deal at Lincoln Yards. He was their property tax lawyer for a while. We are currently having a caption contest, by the way. It's on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page, at Benny J Show, and that last name, J-O-R-A-N. 
V is in Victory SKY. It's a Lori Lightfoot Mayorama Manual Caption Contest. Go find the picture. It's pinned at the top of the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page. The picture is one of Mayorama Manual welcoming Lori Lightfoot into the mayor's office. Leave us your caption. We may read it on the air. And at the end of Tuesday's program, April 9th, we will announce the winner. Once again, at Benny J Show, head over to the Facebook page. We're celebrating a thousand likes with a caption contest. And at Benny J Show is our Twitter handle as well. I uh, had an interesting discussion about you on the show. I, it was either yesterday or the day before. I can't remember when it was. I can't remember who it was with. Uh, maybe Dennis could when I talk about this. I compared you to the character in uh, American Gangster. Did you ever see the movie American Gangster? I think I'm the only person. Oh, Mick Dumpke. I was having the conversation with Mick Dumpke because I remember him looking at me. No, I never saw American Gangster. I recommend you to see it. Scott, obviously. Which, I, which part? The, the You have seen it with Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. I compared oh, yeah. you to the Russell Crowe character. <laughs> and Russell Crowe uh, played the cop who was hated by the other cops because he wasn't crooked. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't he have a horrible... <laughs> <laughs> well, he turned into a, a federal investigator. But anyway, the, right. the part of the movie, the outside of the movie, he finds a million dollars, just a million in a dollars in a bag, in a co- in a trunk of a drug dealer. He could just take it. Yep. All right. And his partner's saying, let's take it. We can retire. We can buy a boat. We can move to Florida. And Russell Crowe says, no, that's the wrong thing to do. And he reports it. Yeah. And immediately all the other cops turn against him because you can't trust an honest cop. And I said, the problem Scott's going to face if he does run for finance committee chair is it's the <laughs> Russell Crowe problem. You were too squeaky clean. You went to the press too many times reporting on uh, the improprieties, the way business is done in the city, and they resent you for it and will never vote for you. Do you feel you have a Russell Crowe problem? Uh, uh, well, I think I've gotten over that because in large part what I've also shown people is that when we fix these things, when we work on them together, it makes your award better. Um, that we can, you know, working together is going to improve the lot of your constituency. So there are a lot of people who are going to come on board with that agenda. And we also have how many new people in the, in the council. And a lot of them sat there and said, hey, not, I'm not tooting my horn, but I want to be sort of acting like Scott mm-hmm. on the council because that's the right thing to do. And that's what my constituency expects. So... Yeah, I guess there is a little... I've felt like that. I felt like I was flogging myself for a decade, <laughs> you know, in the city council where yeah. you're like, this, hey, everybody, the parking meter deal sucks. You know, don't do this. Yeah. Um, you know, I made some mistakes with the Olympics, with the mental health institutions and some of the budgets that Rom had. But for the most part, I think um, I, I feel comfortable where I'm at, that um, I've spoken out about a lot of these things because it was on behalf of taxpayers and, and citizens of the city and, and the kids in CPS and the police and um, all the other people that should be benefiting from a better run system. That's yeah. all. I mean, I feel good. And do you think you would have the votes if you uh, threw your hat in the ring for it? I think I would. Uh, have you been talking to people about it? You've been talking to aldermen about running? Yeah, a few here and there. Uh, there's obviously other people, I think, that want to throw their hat in for it, too. But I think it's going to, uh, you know, if it's Mayor Lightfoot who decides or helps decide which direction the council is going to go in. Um, I, I did not talk to her about this until yesterday. Um, which was Thursday, April 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a quick conversation about um, how do we restructure uh, the city council so that there's more accountability for both us and for her office. 
And that was a great conversation, hearing a mayor-elect talk about accountability for both of us and transparency for both of us. And this idea of getting, we talked about live streaming, I think, last time I was here. Um, Brendan Riley and a couple of us others were talking about, let's get some cameras on the city council. There'd probably be some people who would uh, <laughs> short-term themselves yeah. once uh, we had live streaming going on in the council. Well, I remember, oh my God, years ago, um, the, the the notion of live streaming the uh the committee hearings yeah. uh, was so radical, and uh, who was it? I can't remember who it was. Was was coming up with the idea, and I, I I enjoyed it because I'm political geek that I am. I like to listen to the community development commission hearings, oh, which yeah. is where the TIF deals come through. Yep. And so it was always illuminating to hear the. <laughs> The fabrications that get spun in that committee, oh, you know, the uh, JRB, the CDC, the Plan Commission. The you can have quite an education about Chicago politics and yeah. how things work. Uh, speaking of which, you alluded to the Olympics. It's one of my favorite anecdotes. I'm going to use it to lead into the Lincoln Yards debate. Uh, just illuminate people. Tell a story. You told it before we went on the air. You told it to me several times. Let's go back in time to 2008. And uh, so folks, you should know this people out there, not just in the city of Chicago, but throughout the country, because we're, we're people listen to us throughout the country. When there are crusades that your uh, leaders get on and they're willing to just rewrite all like f the history and just come up with just basic lies. Uh, about programs that you want to sign on. on one, The exhibit A of that is the Chicago Olympic Movement, uh, where the city of Chicago was all set to write over a blank check to uh, sponsor the Olympics in Chicago. would have bankrupted the city, yeah. tied up our parks. We'd still be digging out the parks from uh, all the, the stadium stuff that they put in there. We unfortunately didn't get the Olympics. Uh, but it came down to a crucial vote, and I think it was 2008, Mayor Daley wanted a 50 to nothing vote, uh, essentially for the city council to give a blank check to the International Olympic Committee saying we will pay for all overrides on the Olympics going beyond the $500 million. What a joke. $500 million they said it would call. Talk about the pressure. You were you were oh. the one guy who was going to vote no. Talk about what happened. There were a couple of us that wanted a cap in the last uh, few weeks. We were, we were arguing for a cap on how much we should spend, which I think was $200 million. Uh, that expanded, and then it was Manny Flores. He he dropped out over the weekend, and I was sort of the last man standing. This General Assembly had signed on. The governor had signed on, Pat Quinn at the time. The president of the United States and Congress had mm -hmm. signed on. And uh, it was a day where they were bringing in all sorts of Olympians, having speeches. And I was sweating it out because I was thinking, we're going to go down if, if this thing goes through. We're going to be so much on the hawk as every other city has been over the last few decades, whenever they do these Olympics, you know, the Olympic Committee basically screws everybody. Mm -hmm. And you are on the hook for every penny, billions of dollars. And it's taken some of them decades to get out from under it. Um, and it was at the time, I think, right before the economy crashed, too, uh, right about that time. It was right, right after. It was actually 2009. You're right, because yeah. Obama was in the White House. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they were. I know they were trying to recover, but um, I was getting a lot of pressure at the city council meeting. Uh, Mayor Daley, I remember, gave a, a very, what I considered kind of a, a little bit of an angry speech. Mm -hmm. you know, it was supposed to be a flowing thing, like, welcome to Chicago. <laughs> he was looking over at me, just going, you little... <laughs> You pipsqueak, you. <laughs> you Russell Crowe. Yeah. Creep, you know. uh, <laughs> and 
I, I did cave at the last second. Well, um, what, you had good reason, because Richard Mell, you're in the 32nd Ward, and the 33rd Ward was inhabited by Richard Alderman Richard Mell. He was yeah. whispering in your ear. Yeah, he kind of leaned over, and I think we talked, you're right, I think we talked about this at the hideout at the yeah. first, first, or first, First hideout ever. First hideout, uh, first Tuesday with Mick yeah. You, You, Mick. Uh, it, oh, God. Dick Mel. Dick Mel, you. Joe Moreno. And, Pro- <laughs> and I'm still standing. Uh, <laughs> the uh, only one still standing, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he leaned over and he goes, hey, I know you're the lone... <laughs> I know you're the Lone Ranger. He goes, but don't be the Lone Ranger on this one. They'll kill you. And I, was, I looked over and I'm like, all right. You know, I I, I had a cave in at that point. Yeah. I think he, the way he said it, he made a really good point. He's like, it's not, he's, you know, politically, whatever, they'll come after you. You can't be the lone guy standing out. Yeah. Although <laughs> I don't, I, th- I I was hoping he meant pl- kill you metaphorically, <laughs> not literally. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I hope we're beyond that. Uh, but anyway, the whole point of that anecdote, a brilliant anecdote, is that it shows the amount of pressure placed on aldermen. Uh, and state reps, because you you indicated that the the state house had already passed it. The governor Quinn, Governor Quinn, was in the studio just two days ago and said, "Ben, we dodged a bullet on that one. We dodged a bullet because we didn't get the Olympics." But at the time, he was supporting wow. it. Yeah, ten, ten years later, he tells you that. That's <laughs> I could have used you. We've been suffering for a decade. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, oh God, I was I crusaded so hard against the Olympics, but um, yeah, there was a band of uh, you know misfit people that came together and. We were meeting over at the hi- yeah. around the corner from the hideout yeah. in Ada Street, and um, you know, just misfits. That's just what it was, Scott. Yeah. In this town, when you're against the powers that be, you're a misfit. Uh, although, but, but Chicago crashed and burned on that one. I, I still vividly remember the video of them running down the hallway when they had. Remember when they had already announced that? Uh, sh- well, Chicago didn't get it. Yeah. And um, oh, happy. They weren't even in the room yet. Yeah. And. Oh, my goodness, folks, youngsters, I could tell you this. There were five cities in contention. Now we're doing a uh, we're going back in time, but there were five cities in contention. And Chicago, everyone in Chicago is saying it's going to be between us and Rio, between us and Brazil. It's going to be us and Brazil. Well, so, remember, Spain and Brazil cut a deal on F-16s and F-16 parts. And what were we, what, what were we going to offer? Vienna hot dogs? I mean, come on. You know, I was sitting there looking at it. You guys are so, I mean, I hated to say it, but you were amateurish. They weren't even doing it the right way. Yeah. Well, I. Uh, we got a billion hot dogs. We got a billion. Hot dogs for life. So the the deal was, I forget what time, but let's just say about 1130, uh, it was when the announcement who was going to win. And so I was in my car driving down to a Washington Park. I was going to be in Washington Park where they were going to build the, 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 the main stadium. Uh, and it was about 10 o'clock and I got a call from a friend of mine, uh, Johnny Reeves. If you're out there listening, he goes, Ben, you won't believe this. Chicago just got bounced. We were like the first one bounce of the five. I was honking my horn. Yeah, man. <laughs> I brought down Daly's Olympics. Anyway, good days. Yeah. Good. <laughs> it was a good day. Let's just take the S off of that one. Um, all right, but that's a lead in to the pressure that Mayor Rahm has been applying yeah. uh, as he heads out of office uh, to get the city council um, to twist the arms of the city council to do a mini version of the Olympics, and that is to turn over uh, $1.3 billion to developers uh, to develop. Um, Lincoln Yards, and also 70, uh, 77, a tip deal. 78 <laughs> over 78, yeah, excuse me, on Roosevelt, about $700 million or so. 
Um, so do you think it'll be like it was in 2009? Do you think that uh, the arms will be twisted and uh, this week the lame duck mayor can get the lame duck alderman to sign on to this lame ass idea? Well, you know, it's interesting because you sit there and you look at these guys and say, look, you got a new mayor coming in in just a few weeks. Mm-hmm. It might behoove you to just say no right now. And let's bring it back to the table after mayor-elect Lori Lightfoot gets in so that I at least come into her good graces, you know, and for one little iota at the beginning of this whole next term and say, uh, you know what, we'll offer you the opportunity to take a second look at it, a real look mm-hmm. to see if it's even worth the plan that they've been bouncing around that it's been a plan. I was trying to figure out what it looked like today. Was it, was it pong or something or a pinball uh, plan? It, that's what it looked like because nobody ever knew from month to month what the real plan was. Um, it was changing so much at the whim of Sterling Bay and the mayor, whatever the political wind felt like that particular week. Um, but for taxpayers out there, for citizens of Chicago, this is one of the most fundamentally flawed TIF deals I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of them. Um, I have voted for a few here and there that uh, I felt were important, like transit TIFs, you know, for the red line to build Mm -hmm. that up. But this one is just fundamentally flawed in so many ways. Both the plan, which is, I've called it a monstrosity of planning, and that's based on community input over several years. I used to have that area. Mm -hmm. And the way I've watched this deal be put together and go down is just, it's a monstrosity. Um, But the financial backing of it uh, with this TIF you know it better than anybody else. And I think it's been great to see so many people kind of start talking about it in ways that haven't been before. But it's one that I think behooves every alderman to listening to this on, you know, whatever day you play this, do not vote for this TIF on Monday. If you vote on it on Monday, you better have a second thought about it on Wednesday, April 10th when that new mayor is coming in just in a couple weeks later. Mm -hmm. Just to explain to people the way it works in the city of Chicago, again, the finance committee has a meeting on Monday, and uh, the finance committee will um, have a vote on the TIF plan. Uh, And if if they approve it, then they're essentially making a recommendation to the full Chicago City Council uh, to formally approve it, and that vote would take place on Wednesday. Now, I uh, have this fantasy, uh, Scott, which uh, is probably just that, uh, and that Mayor-elect Lightfoot, who has been uh, very cautious uh, in imposing this plan, uh, the TIF deal, she said that on the stage of the hideout when uh, Mick and I were interviewing her when she was on her first Tuesday show, and she said that when she was in this sitting in that very chair where you are, that she will uh, convince the Chicago City Council just to hold off on the vote. Yeah. until she could review it. Do you have the same uh, optimism on this? I, I do, and I talked to her. I, I said, um, you deserve the opportunity to look at it. This deal, It's not just a 23-year TIF deal. This deal with the type of construction, uh, the type of planning, this, this carries out over decades beyond the 23 years of the TIF. And what she needs to do is when, she, when we find out what's really in the city finances, and we're going to find out pretty soon within the next few weeks, and I think they are much worse than Rahm Emanuel ever let on, the TIFs will make it even worse for taxpayers. Um, essentially, giving these two TIFs uh, the ability to manage the billion dollars to take extremely lucrative parts of the city 
the Lincoln Park area and the Bucktown area? You got to be kidding me. <laughs> Calling it blighted? Yeah. Oh, this one building has a, a HVAC in the window, you know, like an air conditioner window. That's a sign of blight. Yeah, it's true. It's how they Good do God. it, folks. Yeah. Uh, it is unreal how they manage this whole thing. It was an absolute joke. So I think what we need to do is look at um, what the impact is overall. It's going to impact people in that area. Their taxes are going to go up more and more to pay for the uh, all the taxes that will get sucked into the TIF for 23 years, mm-hmm. exclusively used by Sterling Bay and by related Midwest on the other one. Um, you know, the fleet facility property was still assessed at zero. We talked to Fritz Kage about this. They are going to make a killing on that property where every single penny of taxes is going to stay in Lincoln Yards, and they will get to use it to their benefit. Um, this whole idea, uh, you know, Rom created this thing where, well, we're going to give you towers in Lincoln or in Bucktown there next to the river, right on the river. And for us giving you that, you're going to put money into other parts of the city. Well, it's the uh, downtown bonus. It goes into things like neighborhood opportunity funds. Well, we get the document last week, which was slowly re- released, and I want to give kudos to Dave Glowatz, who, yoo-hoo, Dave, Dave. Glowatz, who will be here uh, next week on Tuesday. Oh, you mean that Mr. Guy, Bike? Mr. Bike, yes, Mr. He Bike. Is, he, is a, he loves to pull this stuff out, and yeah. it's always an education reading the stuff that he puts together or listening to him on, on podcasts. But he, he sent us, or somebody sent us this document, and the, the RDA, or the agreement between the city and Sterling Bay is even, even worse than originally thought yeah and uh yeah, but talk, a great, great job hiding it rami Manuel. yeah send well, it out on the 24th so that nobody can see it um you know until in that last couple of days and then you want these guys to vote on it well the, it, it, going back to uh the legendary alderman richard mel at the parking meter deal was mel who got up and said uh there was a complaint you raised and uh leslie harrison raised and Terry perkwinkle the people who voted against it that, that not enough time had been given to the aldermen yep. uh to review the 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 deal so they could make a real educated uh analysis and come up with a conclusion uh, based on with you know wisdom and uh ed burke uh, excuse me richard mel got up and said you know you don't read these things anyway just yeah. <laughs> just, vote, just vote like the mayor says and it'll give you a job or two yeah. uh and uh <laughs> uh, and so, uh, essentially, we're seeing that repeated here. There's this uh, redevelopment agreement that's filled with all kinds of uh, inconsistencies yeah. uh, where they would be shuttling money from other TIF districts if this one goes, this doesn't provide enough money. So, we're dedicating actually money from other areas uh, to the Lincoln Yards deal. Yeah, they're, they're giving it in one hand, making it look like they're heroes, and then they're taking it with the other right from behind you. I mean, it's just... It's epic Chicago-style government, um, and like the parking meter deal, which, you know, um, they've made their money back in 10 to 11 years, $1.15 billion. And then we're, they're going to get, you know, cream on the top for the next 60. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. And here we are doing another two deals like that. And, I mean, I can't believe that, you know, like Brian Hopkins pushing it. He's very angry about some of us speaking out against it. But sorry, you know, if you can't figure out that this is detrimental to your taxpayers as well as everybody else, then, um, you know, that's that's on you. That's interesting. Let me just uh, break down what Scott said. Brian Hopkins is the ultimate of the second ward in the Lincoln Yards TIF is in his ward. Uh, his ward was recreated uh, in, in the last um, reapportionment to take out almost all the valuable uh, undeveloped land 
former factory or manufacturing land, put it into one ward, so it could yeah. be all controlled by one alderman. Isn't that interesting? It took some. Uh, could you imagine if Scott Waggis back was overseeing this process, or even Michelle Smith from the forty third ward? So they took the the property out of their wards, put it all in the second ward. He got elected, and he's uh, he he his enthusiasm for the Lincoln Yards TIF deals rivals my enthusiasm, Scott, for fried chicken. I think he likes this deal even more than I love fried chicken. Uh, and uh, so he, he's arguing that because he's the local alderman, alderman and prerogative, yeah. uh, gives his, everybody should follow him. But you're pointing out that it's a citywide tax hike. That money's coming from all the taxpayers, so it's a bigger issue than just the local ward, correct? Yeah, and look, we got pension payments to make. When that budget gets unreleased, or I mean, <laughs> unveiled in the next few months, um, anybody who votes for this thing is going to probably swallow their tongue because the the size of the amount that we're going to owe, on top of what we generally know we do with debt and things like that. Um, so you're sequestering funds for another 23 years just for two developers that are best friends with Rom. Um, it's got to stop. This stuff has got to stop because it's putting Chicago in the hawk even worse than it has been before. Um, we're not going to see money from that parking meter deal unless – uh, Mayor Lightfoot thinks that she can go out there and, and cut that deal or break that deal. And you look at these two deals, and maybe there's a way that if it does pass, she can modify some of it here and there. But the fact is that the money for the next 23 years is going to be flowing right into Sterling Bay's coffers and not the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. So I have a real problem with it. Um, you know, it's just more bad government from Rahm Emanuel and a lot of these aldermen and uh, it, it, what it really means. And what I think what it shows is that the people who got elected, and I know there's some who are coming in with some ideas, maybe they don't quite understand how the city council works. And I, I'm meeting with some of them, uh, some of the new aldermen to say, hey, I'll, I'll help you through these ideas or issues. You know, I'll help you um, figure out how to do things, the proce- both process-wise and working with communities. And I hope that they learn from uh, past mistakes that we've made in the city council so that they come in uh, with a, a new set of guidelines, a new set of standards, a new bar that they have to reach right off the bat. I think Lori Lightfoot's going to set that bar. Um, and maybe maybe we'll put a stop to a lot of these really bad deals that have that have slowed this city down for so many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I'm curious, uh, now you're in the position of the elder statesman. Uh, let me count them up. You've been uh, seven, eleven, fifteen. This year, this will be your fourth term. Boy, yeah. I had to do that math there. <laughs> Dan Piss <laughs> over here. Uh, it is. <laughs> went to MIT. <laughs> hey, I went to Evanston High School. I know how to add things yeah. up. Um, but uh, so, who helped you when you were a uh, baby alderman back in two thousand? Was there an alderman that took you aside and said, "Hey, kid, let me help show you the ropes." Uh, Dick Mel, Ed Burke, and Bill Banks gave us. Uh, oh my God! <laughs> what an alliance! <laughs> we're in the lion's den. <laughs> they were really nice about it, though. Yeah. They, I, I remember they said, uh, "Don't ever say anything on the phone that you want the feds to hear," or something like that. Did they really somebody, say that? Yeah, that was in the. Was uh, Ed in the Burke was not even following his own advice. <laughs> uh, but they, you know, they had some good ideas. They gave us a book about how to do certain things. Oh, so they it was, they they led like a seminar. Yeah, it was it was pretty pretty quick, just mm-hmm. a couple hours. Just so people know, uh, 
that let's see, Banks was the zoning chair. He yep. was chairman of the zoning committee for years and years, and his nephew is one of the biggest zoning lawyers. <laughs> what a city, folks. You can't make this stuff up. Richard Mell is bragging about how he doesn't read uh, the, um, the, the, <laughs> multi-billion the multi-billion dollar deals. Multi-billion dollar deals, just swaps his yes vote for a job or two. Yeah. And Ed Burke has just been indicted. Latte, I don't know. Yeah, a lot. Well, he, I had to hide out. He said he, it, he took some jobs. It would be jobs. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's what he would swap his votes for. Uh, and Ed Burke, of course, has been indicted. The, this is the trio that um, <laughs> that was guiding the city council when young Scott Wag is back. Let uh, me educate you. Yeah, let me, uh, kid, listen to me. Just That's when talk. I carved out my first 10-foot pole. Like, yeah, I Sorry, keep it to the distance from these guys. Uh, so, uh, what's but the, they were nice guys. I mean, they were always nice to me. That's, that's the one thing. There's on a always, personal level. Yeah, uh, the collegiality there is... That's the one thing we got going for us. Um, no, it, it's everybody's generally pretty good with each other, but um, I separate right there when it comes to at least trying to get the documents, even if you get them in 30 minutes before a vote or something like mm-hmm. that, then vote no. And that's what a lot of people need to understand. I don't think Lori Lightfoot will do that, but Ron was really adept at that, give you a you know a $1 billion deal 30 minutes before the vote to mm-hmm. read it. Um, and then label you as a obstructionist when you vote no against something. I mean, isn't that absurd? Yeah. And if you did that in other cities, you get you get blown out of the water right away. Uh, absolutely. That, that's the problem with the cities. You had two leaders over the last 20, 30 years who screwed us beyond belief. Yeah. No, I uh, the notion, which I think will change, I've talked about this many times, that the, the mayors, both Daly and Rom, just their ego were on the line on every vote, and they, they wanted like a, a, a huge triumphant mandate, like uh, 48 to 2 at best. And then yeah. they would make fun of the person who won as one of the Always. two. They make fun of that was That was a little bit painful, having to sit there and listen to that garbage. Like, what know? would they say? Talk about that. Uh, well, I don't know if you remember that rant that Daly went on against, uh, was it? Fioretti? Fioretti, where yeah. he said, you want the... You want the garbage trucks to pass through your ward and not pick up the trash or not pick up the CTA, not to pick up your people. We can do that. You know, it was just like, oh, God, another rant. (laughs) You think the the CTA is not going to stop or? Well, sometimes it doesn't. But um, (laughs) but the garbage, they're not going to pick up the garbage or they're not going to police your neighborhood. And that was always something people would say, oh, you know, you keep pushing back and they're not going to give you anything. Nothing's going to get done in your ward. I look at my ward and, you know. Every ward's got issues. We're in a big city. Every city has problems. But, man, we do pretty well. Well, I have to say this. I, I love telling this story. Chris, a good friend of mine who is a constituent of Scott's, uh, I've told this story. I've put it in print. I love this story. Chris, a big-time, Chris, I hope you're listening, big-time fan of Scott Wagesback. And one time uh, we were sitting around having dinner together, and he said, you know, I love Scott Wagesback, but I think my ward pays for his independence because our streets, uh, we have potholes. <laughs> and I just went, dude, you think it, uh, <laughs> the 32nd Ward is the only ward in the city with Chica- in Chicago with potholes? I ride my bike up and down this city. You don't know which ward you're in. Like, if the alderman loyal to the mayor? Is it, it's not like the mayor allows potholes to be in a ward where... The- <laughs> <laughs> God, I love Chris to death. He's a really smart guy. But in this one point, he was off. But it's so true, man. This city can't, like, the mayor it doesn't have that much power. He goes, I'm going to put a no. pothole in Scott. I'm not going to fill the, the potholes in the 32nd Ward. And plus, what would your, your the people in the 32nd Ward be calling the mayor up and screaming at him? Yeah, they probably would. 
Like, you know, where are the trucks? I mean, we had issues off and on over the years, but that was more of a executive mismanagement that Ron was really, you know, missing the point on that, uh, you had to stop being a rock star and run around the United States. You had to stop being Mr. You know, governed by press release, which you and I talked about. Oh, we, yeah. we actually pegged him for doing that in the first few months that he was in, if you remember. Yeah, I do remember, yeah. Sitting over there at lunch and talking. <laughs> I was like, I've already, he's only been in for a month and I already have like 10 press releases. Yeah, well, I have If to we s- keep it up, it's going to be... Uh, yeah, no, it was. I remember that conversation. I think that was before I officially uh, gave up the honeymoon, as I like to tell Dennis. The honeymoon for me, I gave Rob three months, okay? So yeah, I have three to give, months, yeah. And then I started ripping him. Uh, all right, now. Sorry to get you off track there. Yeah, but uh, on a, a sadder note, um, oh my goodness, I saw this story in the paper. Rick Minos, uh, our, your old ally, and the, uh, is an independent alderman. Uh, there's. A story in today's paper about taking money from um, the Progressive Caucus yeah. uh, Treasury. Talk about that, Scott. What's the status of that? Well, uh, very disappointing. Um, you know, we, uh, we've we got a guy there who worked with the council for a long time. I think he was an alderman for 22 Since years. 93, I want to say, a but longer, don't quote me. Yeah. Yeah, a long time. Since Chewy left the city council and went to state center, whatever, anyway, the early yeah, 90s. Yeah, and a few months ago, he uh, fell off the wagon. Had it, He went back to his alcoholism and went straight down from there and suddenly started using, he was the, the account holder for the Progressive Caucus and just started using the money from the caucus in inappropriate ways, as the story says, and we had to go audit it. Um, and basically report everything and and say you know you've done wrong, uh, but you're going to have to you're going to have to be held accountable for this. And it's a guy that you know we had all worked with for many years that um, never had problems before, but as soon as he got off the wagon, he went spiraling downward. Yeah, very I, sad. I, it is sad. I hope the best for Rick. I do uh, too. But I was really distressed when I saw that story. It was really a upsetting story. Uh, be, I'll leave you with this one. What do you think the future of the Progressive Caucus is in the city council with a mayor, a Lightfoot? Many of the people who are in the Progressive Caucus supported uh, Mayor Lightfoot. And the whole notion of a Progressive Caucus is sort of like a group of people who weren't really in tune with the all-powerful mayor, be it Daly or uh, Rob. So what do you think the future of a Progressive Caucus is in a city council when the mayor is uh, Lori Lightfoot? Well, I think part of the Progressive policies were, um, you know, looking at elected school boards. Um, you know, looking at corruption and accountability and how we were going to fix that. Basically, the fix-it caucus. You know, a lot of the other people were saying, let's just go along to get along with the mayor, maintain their positions. Um, you know, going back to Ed Burke, having that detente with Rom, having a detente with Daly where he got to keep his little fiefdom. I think what the progressive caucus and a lot of the people coming in are looking for is, if Lori Lightfoot's going to move in the direction of gutting out corruption and holding people accountable and having transparency, and there's going to be some tough votes, um, I think you'll see them go along that same path and say, yes, this is the right thing to do. This is what we've been looking for. Stop and, and read the documents. Stop and show us what the doc, what's in those documents and what taxpayers are on the hook for. And I think they'll, they'll go forward with that. Where we have differences, um, I think we will. We, we did lose a couple of people in, um, in the elections, John Arena, uh, Tony Folks, but um, we are also picking up a few people, I think, and I hope that they commit to working hard and, and helping us um, you know, go through those issues and, and making sure that we're doing right by all taxpayers. All right. Well, I hope uh, the do right by the taxpayers uh, will have already started by the time you hear this uh, show, folks. And that means that uh, 
uh, Lori Lightfoot forced or convinced, let's put it that way, uh, the Chicago City Council to at least just hold up a little bit. That'd be a good start. Yeah, that would be a very good start. Hold up on these two TIFF boondoggles. All right, Scott, as always, it's a blast talking politics with you. We'll bring you back real soon, all right? All right. Thank you, guys. All right. That's been the bonus time on The Ben Jarofsky Show. See you tomorrow, everybody.